he hands Sinestro the yellow ring and says, "Your your coming was not un unknown uh, to <laughs> us." You know. <laughs> you bring out weapons with you. Hey, I'm just saying, uh, you bring know, I got this ring. Not punchy though. You know, I got this ring. I don't have <laughs> any weapons that I can use to destroy him. Then you're not changing anything. <laughs> you're shorts. You can't be yellow. Yellow shorts. No. <laughs> so, I don't okay. call you about camouflage, but yellow ain't gonna do yeah, it. Don't tell you camouflage. Camouflage. No. I am the law of this sector. <laughs> The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Uh, all right. Uh, I guess I should probably introduce this episode. <laughs> all right. Let's... Uh, let's... <clears throat> Uh, oh. uh. Okay. <clears throat> hey everybody, this is Powerful Brandon here, and you are tuned into the Comics Paradox Podcast. Joining me tonight, as ever, we have two fine fellows. We'll start it off with them saying hello. Uh, Mr. Leo, say hi to everybody. Hi. Good stuff, powerful <laughs> stuff. And we'll uh, go to the second. No, no, you've got your piece. That's all you get. Fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> so seriously. No, Leo, by all means, by all means. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm Leo. My light's not working tonight, so I'm like I'm like two faced tonight. Uh so yeah, I, I run the Dorkin Podcast Network. I do a bunch of shows with these guys and a bunch of other people, and uh yeah, that's uh that's me. All right. And we'll... does a much better job impersonating me, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's got like the sign that he puts over his face. I, I gotta find that. I'm like, I'll make a new one, but I, I, I got moved in a in a shift recently. And I was like, oh, where's my popsicle stickhead, Leo? Like, I love that. That that is such a great accessory. Uh, my name's Justin, and uh, I like totals. And um, I don't know. I like I like Batman, and I like when Batman becomes the uh, the Green Lantern several times. So uh, you know, that's kind of fun. Well, that's all I got. It's a good thing that you like when Batman inexplicably turns into the Green Lantern, uh, and I'm, I'm quoting you there, uh, because tonight, or today, whenever the hell you might be listening to this episode, we are covering the Elseworlds issue, Batman in Darkest Night, written by Mike W. Barr and drawn by Jerry Bingham. Look at that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a nice, sexy painted cover there. Yeah the best looking thing in the book <laughs> that cover <laughs> you, you, you're not wrong and i don't i don't want to, to say that is yeah. i'm right <laughs> yeah it's just after you've seen like a lot of this artwork and stuff like that it's like this is really good the way that they did it and it's got like a nice blend to it and all that it's actually the cover of the of the omnibus too yes. but um it's just everything like that they're selling it's like if it should look like that you know it should it, it just does not 
Mm, that is accurate. Um, yeah, I mean, I've the conceit is right there on the page. Oh, look, Batman is Green Lantern. Um, he, yeah, he he still trains all over the world and comes back to Gotham. And on the same night that he goes out for the first time, like we've kind of seen play out in some year one stories where he uh, tries to go out just wearing like a, you know, like a, a knit cap and, you know. A, a, yeah, a, this this starts dark, man. A dark, yeah, Gothman's jacket. And uh, we actually come, come meet up with him at the beginning of the story just after that first failed attempt where he is despondent because he did not get the fearsome reaction he wanted from the criminals he was trying to take down. But well, uh, more than despondent, like he's he's talking like he's probably going to die tonight. He's waiting to bleed out in that chair. Yeah. Like and I, I'm I like don't remember, what the hell? <laughs> I don't remember that happening before like with him actually thinking like he's going to die and that's when the bat shows up. Yeah, this is uh, taken off on year one, so it's it's kind of in that that moment when he comes back and he's like, "I need a symbol," you know, kind of they're combining things. Yeah, I, I need a symbol. Criminals are a superstitious and cowardly lot. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, just as the bat is about to crash through his study window, um, it's kind of frightened away by a, a screeching, large comet, essentially coming from the sky. Uh, kind of sets everything aglow uh, within a, a sizable area there, and the uh, the bat through the broken window is is uh, no more in this story. But, you know, you can turn the page now, Leo. <laughs> Past that part. The art starts out okay. I'll just say that, and you're like, yeah. you're like oh, okay, there we go. hey, there's more <laughs> of it. And then, and then you you look at it and you're like, oh, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it, just, it re- it's just kind of DC house style, so it's it's very bland. That's you know that's exactly what it. But but like you say, it actually starts off like fairly fairly well. And looks like I a think, Mignola book, you know. I think the the issue, no pun intended, is that as you get past him meeting Abin Sir here and. You know, hiding the the ship that Abinzer came, you know, arrived in in what is we know as the Batcave beneath mm-hmm. Wayne Manor, um, and then saying to himself like, ah, yes, that's right, I now have the power to make everyone afraid that should be afraid of me, and it's like that's the great lesson to take from all of this, Bruce. Phenomenal. Oh, he makes such poor decisions in this book. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. And uh, <laughs> but like once you get past the initial brightness of the green lantern showing up on earth and you know choosing hal jordan and imbuing him with the the power from the ring um it really it really becomes uh very muddled are you going backwards leo yeah i was just thinking this is the second page yeah, no, no, no. I, I was wait. I didn't hear you. I was listening for uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon because I knew that was the next step. 
<laughs> you, you, you're listening for Commissioner Gordon, but you stayed on the first page, so I don't know when he shows up. If I can't well, see the page. He's, he's probably mentioned that, that what happened in the original is that Abensor crashed and uh, found Hal Jordan, as, as he was talking about in, in this desert. one. I, I don't think they're specific on, like, exactly, but it's the desert, much like they did with all the Hulk comics back in the day. Yeah, all, all that stuff happened, and, you know, Hal Jordan was testing a, a special aircraft, which, you know, he blew up, you know, and, and has to do because of Abensur. And this one, you know, Abensur comes down on stately Wayne Manor, and that's kind of where we pick up. Um, he calls to Bruce because he's dying, and, and Bruce is just sitting in the chair. Um, and, I mean, to me, it was like he was literally just going to bleed himself out, you know, because he's all slashed up and he looks like hell. Right, and then um, what happens is uh, he ends up going out there with Alfred and tells Alfred, "Don't come in here." And he goes in to talk to Abensur, who gives him the the ring. Which, as soon as he puts this thing on, you can see he's wearing the official Green Lantern outfit. So, like the classic Hal Jordan one, the one that John Stewart wore for a while as well. And um, you know, after Abensur dies, he picks up the remains of the spaceship and puts it into the Batcave. So that's kind of that gets us up to the point where Brandon was talking about and and Leo as well. And and basically Bruce Wayne's flying around with a Green Lantern ring. Yes. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee. Well they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Do you have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. 
Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Indeed. Shit, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find the comic here on... I can't even find Comic Book Club right now. What the deuce? Um, okay, interesting. And if anyone's looking for this story, it is in um, Elseworlds is. Batman Volume 1 from DC Comics. Uh goes for about 20... Uh, thirty four ninety nine. You know, it's probably twenty four ninety nine. I I picked it up used, and it's got like, geez, like ten ten stories in it. This one, I picked it up used, and it's got the uh, this actual book is the cover of this Elseworlds book. So, and it's thick too. Like you see it, it's like the oh, same yeah. same thickness as um as like the long Halloween. So, I mean, you you'll get your money's worth. Oh, will you? Hmm. Well, there's... I mean, the Frankenstein <laughs> one's in here, too, Brandon. So, let's see. Robin, what, volume, what volume is that again? Volume 1. You've got oh. Holy Terror, right? You've got uh, the Blue, the Gray, and the Bat. Robin 3000. Robin 3000, number 2. Batman, Dark Joker, The Wild. Then you've got Batman Houdini, which is a cool book. Um, yeah, actually, Batman Castle of the Bat, which is the Frankenstein one, Darkest Night, which is this, and then Batman Dark Allegiances, which is the uh, Howard Chaykin one. So, oh, and actually, Batman Houdini is Howard Chaykin too. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's no no slouches here, really. I mean, like in terms, I'm not a huge fan of this one, Batman Holy Terror. With um, oh, it's not great. Yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll cover it at some point. Will we? No, oh yeah, we've. You <laughs> bet your sweet bippy we will. If I had to fucking. You're mean. Here, we had to sit here and read. What if Jane Foster found the hammer of Thor and subject people to that? We will. We will. Oh crap! Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's not as bad as that. So oh no, it's definitely not. Yeah, it's definitely not as bad as that. Oh, I can't wait to read are. another one of those though. <laughs> <laughs> what if Ant Man got really big? Well, actually, you see. um but yeah so as we're as we're moving along in the story here so so bruce goes out and he's donning a new costume the colors are much much more muted on this the uh the green is i mean it's it's a it's a hazy green as compared to the bright green that you would always associate with green lantern even what bruce is wearing when the uniform first manifests on an on his person when he first puts the ring on. Um, and he's inexplicably wearing a dark blue cape with a cowl that has a green mask over the front of it, still shaped like the front of Batman's mask. There's just no bat ears on the back of it. And it's just such a weird design, man. I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. I don't see the I don't see the usefulness of the cape with him being. He's, he's not really he's not really using it for anything other than to like strike fear. But it's still, if you notice it, it still has the bat wings. Yeah, you know, like it's it's the cape. It's like the whole costume is is very similar, except for he doesn't have like the blades, you know, on his arms or his or his boots, and he doesn't have the bat ears. Yeah, and I mean, considering especially at this point in time. Um, it's they kind of like an Iron Fist mask. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That's very fair. Um, but, you know, the thing is, like at this point in time, still there was no precedent set for Bruce being 
afraid of bats, ter- like terrified to death of them when he was a kid. It was still very much like mired in the fact that when he was trying to find some source of inspiration that could strike fear into the hearts of men, that it was, you know, by you know, happy accident, divine intervention, however you want to see that bat crashing through the study window, that caused him to think differently of his approach and like, I'll dress like a bat. That's it. And in this story, <clears throat> they already established that there was none of that influence when he was there potentially dying uh, and trying to figure out what he was going to do with himself. Uh, so, like, the whole bat cape thing, I, don't, I just don't get. It, you know, if it, only they'd show his origin. That would fix it. I don't even know why he's so upset. <laughs> <laughs> if only they'd show some sort of significant childhood traumatic like, event why, that why would push so, him towards this. Why is he so dead set on punishing criminals? What'd they do to him? It does kind of depend a lot on the fact that you've read year one because it, like, I didn't realize it until my second read through. I'm like, oh shit, this actually is the scene of him coming home after that first time that he was you know, on the pier, got slashed up by uh, Selena and and uh, Holly. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, so that's that's kind of where this picks up. But it, it really does take a lot of beats from that. So you can't just read this and, and be like, oh, it is what it is, because you just won't get parts of it. Yeah, fair enough. I just... I don't know, man. Like, Which is kind of weird, actually, for, for Worlds. I think it's like the first time we've, we've run into that. Where you like you have to do homework to read it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's um, that's a fault of the story. To be perfectly mm-hmm. honest, most of most of what we see in Elseworlds and what ifs, the the decent what ifs at any rate, um, they do a pretty good job of establishing what you know and how this is different. Um, Elseworlds, they play with like the core concepts of certain things, like when we did Superman Cow. Okay, so Superman lands in medieval England, and then they relate that to uh, Arthurian, Arthurian legend. That there are touchstones for that, you know, across the board, and you know, you can walk up to somebody's great grandmother and ask them, you know, how did, how did Superman get to Earth? Like, where's Superman from? And they'll say like, oh, he was shot here from. From his home planet, even if they don't know Krypton, but he was shot here from his home planet and and raised uh, on a farm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody knows that, so you can play with that. Like, it, it's it's deeply embedded. But all this year one brouhaha, like, yeah, if if you didn't know year one, you didn't read the Killing Joke, um, you would not understand what the deal is with yeah, the, yeah, uh, with the Red Hood, yep. like. They directly play off of Killing Joke. Yeah. I had a really bad day. <laughs> Which I didn't show you guys the other book I got in. Um, and, uh, I'll tell for the listeners. I got the absolute Killing Joke in. Oh, upside down. There Ooh, we go. Nice. So this is cool. Um, cool thing about the book is that there's actual liner notes on here from Alan Moore to like, go over. And, and um, there's like a, a remastered version. Then there's a version of it on comic stock paper. Oh, wow. Then there's a black and white version in here. And then there's like all the directional notes and all that. 
So based on this podcast, I had to get, I had to get this book so I could go through and see if if uh, the artist's original intention was to have him kill Joker at the end, and it was not. So so that is not not uh, actual canon. So mm. so well, that it, didn't. It's. I think that idea is better than the actual canon. So nuts to that. <laughs> I love Killing Joke. I think I think Killing Joke the book was really good. I think. Are, Killing, are you going to join us for the uh, live reading? Uh, I think I think that the script had some. It, I think the script cut off, so I I'd, I'd like to be on it, but um, I I think that the script needs to be longer. Because if you look at it, like I read that whole thing, there's a chunk of exposition that stops. And I'm like, we need to rewrite that thing. So so yes, but it needs a rewrite. Okay, sounds good. Are, are you going to do Joker? Back to the Joker? of Bruce Wayne as Green Lantern <laughs> in Batman and Darkest Night on Comics Paradox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Batman, he, he shows up and he you know he's foiling the Red Hood striking at Ace Chemicals, apparently. And uh, he stops all those fellows from, from doing their thing. He throws up, you know, uh, he, he grabs them with energy beams and somebody shoots like gold colored dust all around and he uses the the ground itself to keep the gas from getting to him and blah, blah it's it's weird. Makes a giant um, uh, vacuum. <laughs> yeah. Oh can indirectly move it. Like wow Batman, you're the best. How much prep time did that take? And uh <laughs> yeah, it's just they he grabs they, there's an explosion uh in the in the lab because of it, but he was able to save uh everybody in there including the the perpetrators and uh you know commissioner gordon is there and he's like who are you how can you do these things and batman like, doesn't matter how i can do them as long as i can i suppose green lantern is as good a name as any like ooh, came up with that all by yourself there brucey <laughs> <laughs> and uh the guy in the red hood tries to run away and uh green lantern as we now know to call him, uh, yoinks the hood helmet right <laughs> off of him. He's like, not so fast, hood. He's like, I wasn't doing anything. Do you have any idea of the harm you could have done to women and children? <laughs> and then he responds, I, I don't want to hear any sermons. I've had a really bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. To, to, which, to which I say, oh, buddy, wait till, wait till they tell you what happened while you were out at home. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Read the Killing Joke. You'll find out. Although, I mean, that's one of the problems I have with the Killing Joke is I don't think it should have been made canon. But, uh, but, but that's that's the whole thing. When you read the Three Jokers, you find out that they just got away. I just, I don't. I read the Three. You don't jokers. have to like it. It just exists. It's like <laughs> X Men continuity. You don't have to like it. It's just there. You know? No, I'm well aware I don't have to like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wildly aware. In X-Men um, continuity, I'm aware is a paradox, you know, but this is comics paradox, so what else are we going <laughs> to talk about? Uh, well, we'll get to X-Men stuff uh, at some point in the very near future. What sure. is that going to make your head hurt? Yeah, <laughs> to a point. I mean, I, I get the stuff that I read because I, I, I poured over it, but uh, we'll get there. Um, yeah, so... Batman, I mean Green Lantern, Bruce. I'm just gonna say Bruce. <laughs> his his whole thing is like, okay, so you got off easy tonight, criminal scum. 
but don't think you're going to get off <laughs> easy next time. And uh, Gordon's just like, I don't like vigilantes, much less ones who have more power than they know what to do with. So there's now just a inherent mistrust from Gordon towards uh, towards Brucey there. And uh, we come back to the Batcave and find Alfred dusting around the Green Lantern itself, <laughs> yeah. the power battery. Releases the genie. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Where is your master? I grant you three wishes. I wish for uh, more wishes. Damn it. I have to tell them that rule straight away each time. Uh, but... Absolute power. Itty bitty living space. <laughs> Phenomenal cosmic power. Itty bitty living space. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's one of the guardians, and he's like, We seek Congress with him who wears the ring. And, uh, you know, Bruce comes out shirtless from his workout, I would imagine. I think he is holding a dumbbell. Yes. Menacingly, even, at the hologram, it looks like. (laughs) Uh, Strange that. Um, I'm going to pomp at you. (laughs) I'm going to pomp you full of fear. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so they, the Guardian's just like, yeah, you're, we need you to go check out uh, this, uh, this planet Korrigar in space sector 1417 it's it's of primal importance and Bruce is like ah well you know that sounds great but nuts to that I, I have my hands full with Gotham <laughs> like yeah you're part of a fucking inter fucking galactic space corps dude I don't think Gotham matters as much in the great scheme of things but this is exactly what he would do though you know oh, he's know. not gonna think globally he's gonna think just citywide that's it because he's obsessed. The dude's a fucking multi-billionaire, and like, not once did he think to himself, "Like, I could improve the entire city by social programs." And oh, he does. He does some of that stuff too. Sure, but yeah, he it's, could do it's just, more of it. You know, you can yeah. imagine how much more he could do if he weren't spending that fucking money on back computers and and uh, nipple mobiles. You, you know, it's it's funny because I don't think he has as much money as Tony Stark. Like. Uh, in terms of like uh, comics, and, and uh, I know they're not in the same universe and all that, but it's like, and look at Stark. What's Stark spending money on? You know, it's these guys. You know, they're, they're crazy. True, true. But I'm not talking about Tony Stark. I'm talking about Bruce Wayne. Stick well, to the topic. <laughs> but my my point being, they don't think like we think. They think differently in terms of like either whatever schemes they they're having on. They're not thinking like uh, the normal nine nine to five. Uh, you know, Joe's working. Yeah, no, the- they're thinking like 13-year-olds that sit around saying, if I had a billion dollars, what would I do with it? And then they do it. I'm going to Mars. Yep. Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> Damn it, go ahead and give the people the air. <laughs> uh, this is a Total Recall reference for yeah, anybody that's yeah. not in the know. I totally there. recall that. <laughs> ah. uh, good times. Good times. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, they tell him he's going to go... Uh, his presence is required in the matter of a sentient designated Sinestro. Let the Green Lantern of that sector take care of it. Sinestro is the Green Lantern of that sector, Wielder 2814. He has abused his power, using it to increase his own treasure and to abuse the rights of innocence. They know what buttons to press. I'll give them that. And, you know, then we go to dot, dot, dot. Then... As Batman Green Lantern speeds across the galaxy towards Korrigar. He's just uh, thinking to himself in some nice written script on 
what appears to be uh, blue rip page panels. It's, it's always fun. It makes you feel with his very neat handwriting as, as his thoughts that he's a very well-organized and reasonable man who's about to fly down onto an alien planet and tell them, hey, you're... The old boss is out, and uh, well, welcome to the new boss. <laughs> look look at how chill when he first shows up there, and it's like yeah, Batman could not show up more menacingly, and Sinestro is just absolutely chill, and he's like, oh, hey, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, seriously, Batman shows up, and he's like, are you Sinestro? And he's like, oh, hey, what's up, baby? <laughs> how you doing? Come the part on, of Sinestro I- will be played by Richard Pryor. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. Oh, light this plate on fire. Man, you like wine? You like cheese? You like crackers? I got wine, cheese, and crackers. <laughs> Thanks, Sinestro. But, uh, yeah, so he he comes down, and, you know, Sinestro really is like, oh, would you like some refreshment? And it's just like, no thanks, Sinestro. I couldn't keep anything down, knowing it had been taken by force. <laughs> like, ooh. Batman. He has such, such a exposition, though, about what's actually happening, you know? Such a bitch, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. Wow. And uh, Sinestro was like, you dare? <laughs> like, I, I dare. I did it. What are you going to do? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he tries to, uh, you know, take out Bruce. He's He's got all kinds of fail-safes. He's an incredibly from what we are given to believe uh, talented Green Lantern so he's formidable with the power ring itself and uh, you know they start tearing through buildings flying through the air making giant energy hands and ripping domes off at the tops of like you know houses of state and uh, eventually uh, what's his face Bruce is able to get the upper hand and uh, get Sinestro down and take his ring off his hand and when he does that all the people that Sinestro was enslaving are just like, he was our benefactor. Now who's going to take care of us? <laughs> to which uh, one of the young women there is just like, are you, are you people daft? <laughs> like, he enslaved all of us. If you said anything against him, he would kill you and your family. And now you just want to replace him? You yep. make me sick. <laughs> you know, and because and they're saying to Batman, like, we'll worship you like a god. And she's like, this man is our protector, not a god. And uh, Bruce's response to that is, actually, I'm here to depose Sinestro, but you will need a new Green Lantern. And I don't think I'm likely to find a better candidate. And then he makes he makes her Green Lantern, and it turns out that is Katma Tui. She's a Green Lantern from the Green Lantern Corps Combos, guys. Yeah, um, yeah. Most uh, most notably, she was uh, hanging out with John Stewart when he went on trial for destroying an entire planet, which yep. uh, you know is not a real thing. It was a it was a fake thing, but uh, yes. yeah, but, but uh, yeah, he he dragged them all the way back to uh, to Oa, um, and you know looks like they kind of bring them initially to where the science cells are where they lock people up. And Toma um, Ray's being a dick, <laughs> per the huge. Yeah, he's, just like, he's such a <laughs> he's such a stickler for rules, man. It's it's nuts. Um, but yeah, they're they're just you know, Batman's whole thing is like, yeah, uh, sorry for just giving out that ring to somebody, but you know, the ring kind of told me that she was worthy, so I was just like, yeah, here, go to her then. And you know, uh, 
Tua Marie is just like, how dare you do whatever you want and not ask the Guardians for permission to do whatever. And, you know, he's like, yeah, whatever, man. Uh, I, I do what I do. And, uh, <laughs> I do what I do. I do what I do. And if you don't like it, well, you can just go pound Sam with the rest of them. And uh, that's pretty much where Bruce leaves it. But then we come to Sinestro on trial, and uh, they banish him to the universe of Kord. It's the antimatter universe. And as soon as he arrives in what is one of the oddest instances of teleportation <laughs> yeah. I've can ever seen. Can we talk about depicted. horrifying artwork? <laughs> I mean, it's like they stretch him out. Yeah, just his head, though. Just he his look- head, though? It looks like Alec Baldwin from Beetlejuice. It's so oh, fucking weird, man. Like it is, the proportions are so off, and it's not in like a in an unsettling way. It's in like a how the fuck did this get past an editor way? Like this is just not great shit. I feel like all. the it's like a Mad Magazine fold. Yeah. You know, with like his his chin and stuff like that. It's just it's really awkward to look at, and you're like, what the hell? It, it, it no. really is. It's it's off-putting. Like, his ears are super long. I'm like, is he getting sucked into the Phantom Zone? I'm like, what's going on? It it's re- it, it reminds me of the movie Stay Tuned. Yeah. When they get, yeah. like, sucked <laughs> into the TV, you know? I'm with it, yeah. Um, and if anybody here hasn't seen the movie Stay Tuned starring John Ritter, uh, go check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's a fun <laughs> little 90s movie that's uh, at least convoluted commentary on society but fun nonetheless mr um, rooney from uh, ferris bueller's day off is in it jeffrey jones i think his name <laughs> yeah. Is. yeah spike um also, also known the guy, as the guy, the, the, duck. <laughs> the guy that played um uh dokes in De- uh dexter he he plays oh, the, no kidding he's the new guy that ends up taking spike's job by the end of the movie yeah cool uh, and eugene levy of course that's right. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a fun flick. Oh, it also has um, uh, Pam Dauber from uh, Mork and Mindy. She plays um John Ritter's wife in the movie. I think and you can find it streaming, but I do believe that the DVD is uh, one of those rare gems that's very hard to find. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, what was the name of the dot? Heather McComb. She played Jubilee in the Generation X. TV pilot slash movie on Fox. Is that the movie where the kids like warp through different uh, TV shows? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stay There's tuned. a Wayne's World sketch and MTV. Yeah, but, it's all, and... but it's all like filtered through hell. So yep. like Dwayne's Underworld. <laughs> That's the name of the show. I worship, worship Satin. Satin? All right. Excrement. All right. Excrement. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna hurl. Oh, chew it back, man. Chew it back. <laughs> oh man. So anyway, uh we we come back to uh Gotham after we see Sinestro trans uh teleported to Quard in the by by stretching. That's how they, that's <laughs> yeah. how they teleport teleportation. Oh that's not so bad. By stretching, no not the stretchy porter <laughs> no. Yeah, he, as soon maybe as he this arrives, is the string cheese incident. As, as soon as he arrives, there's just a single panel of a Quardian, which is like an antimatter version of a Guardian, uh, holding a yellow ring and saying, "Like we think you'll find we've provided you with all the comforts of home." 
a ring. I mean, no clothes because the dude's fucking bare ass pink naked. But yeah, I imagine a- that would be a comfort of home. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know what else is really comfortable at home? Uh, underwear and socks. You got any of those lying around? <laughs> I'd settle you know, for socks. <laughs> at this point, I'll just settle for one sock. I don't need it in my coat. <laughs> <laughs> one sock, like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, I got I got one sock. Anybody have a, a bass guitar? I'm like, I got I have a few ideas. <laughs> one, one benefit of using the stretchy portal. Oh, <laughs> nice. Socks? Leo just picked his place and executed. I love that. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh oh, this is great though. Um, because. Up until this point, I was very confused about Bruce's motivations. Uh, and it turns out that uh, Bruce goes to Commissioner Gordon and says, you know, I need your help. I need to locate a gunman who was working the Park Road District about 25 years ago. He'd be in his late 40s or early 50s now. To which Gordon says, you can't find him? Why is it so important to you? And then Bruce is thinking to himself, I can't tell him, Father. I can't tell him my greatest shame. I watched you and mother die and did nothing to stop it. And guess what we get to see? Guess what? Yeah, that's right. Thomas and Martha Wayne shot with a gun by Joe Chill in an alley known for crime. That's why its name was Crime Alley. Yep. Thomas Wayne, the smartest billionaire ever. I'll just take a shortcut behind this theater in the worst part of town in, in an area commonly known as Crime Alley. What's the worst that could happen? He he said he was too big to fail. So. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> commentary, and, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, Batsy just says to him like, oh, "I have my reasons," and you know, Gordon's like, "Ah, oh, don't don't come to me with your favors, pal. I don't even know who the hell you are. You you, you don't do it. You don't do anybody any good around here. People aren't afraid of breaking the law. They're just afraid of crossing you." And Batman, Batman's just like, isn't that the same thing? Like, whoa, all right there, pal. Why don't you, why don't you slow your roll? You know, and Commission's like, well, how about how about just you know, put an egg in your shoe and beat it? And to which <laughs> Batman's response is essentially like, well, you know, I could make you help me. <laughs> it's like, with the ring, no, but have a sip of this. Wait, what? Hold on, what's going on? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so he he basically threatens Gordon with you know, basically making him do whatever he wants. Uh, Batman goes back to the cave and you know he's having Alfred take his cape off, and as he stands in front of the the lantern, he's likely going to have to recharge because every twenty four hours they have to put the ring in and say the the oath, uh, the Green Lantern oath, uh, and we see that. Gordon is pouring over a lot of those files just based on what Batman had said to him. And he, uh, just looking at it and based on the, the direct question, he pieces it together that Batman Green Lantern is Bruce Wayne, that he's the kid. And that's, of course, why wouldn't he? Sinestro shows oh, up. He totally played his hand, though. Like, like Bruce just like let him right there. Oh, yeah. Well, undoubtedly. <laughs> uh, you know, and Sinestro shows up wearing his uh, his classic villain outfit. You know, with the sort of like blue starburst collar, up with the black suit and the the blue gauntlets, blue boots, and and you know blue underoos. 
and uh, you know he's got his yellow ring from the Quardians, and he uh, he directly says to Gordon, he's like, um, oh, what the heck? he's uh, so you theorize that one of the bere- uh, bereaved family may be Green Lantern, eh? You're very sharp for an inferior species. And then he uh, just like zaps Commissioner Gordon's chest and makes it look, you know, looks like he gives him a massive coronary and he, he dies right there in, in the police department file room. So, uh, yeah, exeunt Jim Gordon from yeah. the story. Super dark, too, as you see him kind of like falling over and then is a heap on the ground. And it's like, yeah. wow, Sinestro is friggin' petty. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll never forget when reading this comic how how moving and poignant Jim Gordon's last words were. The last thing he said was Gah! powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Sinestro is, uh, you know, he's he's convinced that uh, you know he needs to go check up on this dude. And uh, we come, we see Sinestro leave Jim Gordon's dead body and. Uh, then we see a uh, what looks like probably a small, cheap boarding or hotel room, motel room, uh, and a guy of late 40s, early 50s uh, in bed with uh, a, a very, very classy looking woman, for sure. And uh, Sinestro goes in and basically stops the woman from running out in her underwear to get away and uh, then grabs Joe Chill and says, I want the source of your brilliance, Chill. I want your mind. And then he absorbs all of Joe Chill's psyche. Legends of the Dark Knight was exactly that, you know, and that was perfectly fine. Bring something like that back. You literally bring back Legends of the Dark Knight and people would probably not have too big of an issue with that they they separated that into all kinds of miniseries now so now like you you can go and check your local comic store and everything is its own arc batman reptilia batman and the joker uh winding gyre you know like like any any of those books that you read batman versus the big bad wolf from fables all that stuff is is now like they separate it so they can sell more books in like yeah, these but, one through five like, issue series. They've they've done that even fairly recently. I mean, Earth Two was essentially an Elseworlds yeah. series, and they broke that up into s- several different. But it was a continuing series. It all connected. And it, it eventually did connect to um, the multiverse and all that. Just like everything does, kind of come back around in in terms of this for like multiverse stuff. But yeah. I am surprised that they stopped using the the label Elseworlds. It, um, and I I do agree with Leo. I think that we should get an Elseworlds book. Oh yeah, and and that's the thing is like for me, it, like if someone if someone to, for some reason at DC were like Brandon Powers, you're the guy. Tell us what you would like to see from an Elseworlds series. Straight up the first thing out of my mouth would be John Byrne Superman and Batman Generations go back to that idea and show us that world as it, you can and, and it opens up all kinds of stuff where you can tell tales from the golden age the silver age and the modern age and it all is just self-contained to that series that story because it's oh, all see, based that, that's a good idea man yeah. Based on the based on the idea that Superman first shows up in 1938, Batman first shows up in 1939, 
and then they continue on with their crime-fighting careers and their families and their lives, and time progresses naturally. You know, Alan Scott at the start of that series is the Green Lantern, and by the time we get to modern day, in it, like in, in the '90s when it you know came out, Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner is the Green Lantern, but and he's part of the Green Lantern Corps. However, he still uses the carved ring that Alan Scott made, and his uniform is a variation on Alan Scott's red uniform from the 30s and 40s. You know, like it's it's all about legacy, and I I think that's part of the problem that we deal with in comic books, generally speaking. Like we, and I'm gonna get more into it when we cover like our next big thing because I, I ha- I've been doing a lot of research and, and reading but comics part of the reason why we, we're seeing so many people have issues well, I, sh- I don't want to say issues but um, problems with what comes out regularly and how they switch things up and it's always this mega event next to this mega event and everything's like supposed to be this big blockbuster and it's another crisis and this that um, the reason for that is because up to like the 50s and 60s the characters in these comics actually were progressing they were developing and then that came to a screeching halt and it's the the rabid fervent fanatical uh enthusiasts of these stories that scream how they don't want anything to change they want it to stay the same and when things stay the same in stories, there's only so much you can do before you have to constantly refresh and, and start all over again. And that's weak. That's lame. There's no way to make your characters and your stories better if you have them running in place constantly. And the idea of John Burns, Superman and Batman Generations, is it, it holds such high appeal to me that it's something that I dream that comic books actually had developed into being. You know, like, I wish this was a world where we didn't have Superman that never aged, that we're actually at, like, Superman's grandson who's taken over the mantle at this point. Like, there should be, there should be some kind of, of development to, to push characters, to make them learn and grow and make them more interesting. Uh, and I understand that part of it is like, oh, they worry about accessibility, but it's like, you know, look at nowadays. It's so easy to be able to access backlogs of story. There's there's no reason that you can't start something like that now to make it continue on in the future because anybody that would like to read it and it's been going on for seven years, let's say, it's not going to be hard to find the stuff that came before what's currently no, out. It's very different. Out. It's That's very true. different. You don't have to hunt no. over like the East Coast and into the Midwest to find the fucking 17 books that you need to finish a run so you finally get the full story. Like that's a that's a thing of the past. Well, unless you bought it on uh Amazon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not but, like uh, Dreadstar or something like that where they were missing like issue 36, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and to make the omnibus they had to buy it on ebay you know i'm just i'm just saying like there's there's lots of fun stuff they can do with the potential dc elseworlds label being started up again um i 
I think that they should embrace what they were for the longest time. You know, have have them be specialized stories for these alternate takes and um, use them to make social commentary if you want or not. You know, have it be fun and just titillating. Have it be a thinker. Uh, there's room for a lot of things there. I mean, I would love to see uh, Batman Curse of the White, uh, Batman the White Knight and all that stuff shifted from Black Label to Elseworlds because that is, to me, that is a perfect Elseworlds story. Yeah, that's a great one. You know, I think there's there's a lot of different stuff that's out there and things that people, even us, like we, we talk about this stuff, but we don't necessarily get into the nitty gritty of like, what would you do? Like, what would be a story you'd like to see most of the time? It's we focus on what it is we just covered. I don't think a lot of people have dedicated the brain space to that within the industry because it's not been a thing that's been available. Why worry about it if it's not something that's going to happen? I would love to see the notes that lots of writers and, and artists have probably tucked away because they jot something down in fleet in fleeting and, and they're just, you know, oh, maybe maybe someday I'll get to work on this as like a, a part of a story arc or in, in something. But imagine them restarting this whole line within DC and now all of a sudden like you have 12 different artists all together that have seven phenomenal stories, three pretty good ones, one okay one, and one real stinker. <laughs> it does sound like their um, anthology books, like they have the Halloween one that comes out and all that. It does, it does sound like that. But again, those are never Elseworlds books. So, you yeah. know. I think, I think it's cool. I, I don't regret reading this. I think that, you know, just in going through it, it definitely is a cautionary tale of when you throw everything at it, you, you have nothing, and it's just like a completely muddled plot. Um, I wish everything looked as cool as that cover, but I mean, you know, it's it's not the worst comic I've ever read, but it's certainly not the best. You know, it's 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 kind of like a middle schooler wrote it, you know? Like, yeah, oh, it'd be cool for this. Oh, cool. You know, it's like, yeah, you know. What if we and, didn't line up the panels perfectly? <gasps> yes, brilliant. <laughs> I love it. You're a genius. You I learned about a rhombus room? today. Okay, let's <laughs> make it a panel. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Leo, what do you what'd you think about the story, buddy? Yeah, yeah yep. it was a mess. Uh, yeah, a couple That's points. Leo in saying that. Yeah, I know. I know. He likes everything. Uh, well, for the most part, yeah. Um, you, you know, I agree. It's definitely a cool concept. Um, but yeah, they should have. It should have been done a hell of a lot better. You know, th there are certain points in the book that I got confused, like what the hell's going on, and it's just like, you know, they they rushed it. You know, they they certain points they didn't make clear, and this. Uh, I thought yeah. Alfred was already dead before the the lantern thing. I'm just like, oh, I thought he was already dead. Only yeah. on the inside, sir. Only on the inside. <laughs> Even in death, I shall <laughs> hit you with my with my driest of wits, sir. Don't yeah. worry, sir. I know it's raining, but my wit shall keep you warm. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, well, yeah. I'm glad that we read it. I'm glad that we discussed it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for... for uh, holding our hands and walking down the, the road of Batman in Darkest Night. You can us. find it on Comixology, I, I'm sure, or um, you know, in the bargain bin at your <laughs> local uh, uh, comic or, store. 
yeah, or uh, at your local comic store if you uh, feel so inclined to to pick up a copy of Elseworlds volume Batman Volume One. Um, as Justin stated, he he has it, and the cover of that particular volume is the cover from In Darkest Night, so you will be able to pinpoint it uh, fairly easily. Just look for Batman, who looks like he's dressed up as Green Lantern for Halloween, and yep. uh, and you, you end know. up supporting your local comic shop. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, well, that's uh, I think that's enough of that palaver for today. We'll we'll get to some really really cool stuff in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I, I I hope everyone will be pleased. You two have a fair amount of reading to do. Woo. Uh, yeah, I already told you what we're doing, so I'll reiterate it after we get off the air. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very excited about it, and it's a birthday present to myself. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, I'm co- I'm coming up. It's actually this week, but uh, I-, I was like, you know what? I want to do something that I like really revs my engine, and uh, that's that's what we're gonna do. And it, it- it's really gonna jump into uh, everyone's knowledge of comic book lore slash history, uh, as well as pop culture. And it- cool, it should be a really good conversation. Uh, I want to listen to that episode. I want to listen to that right now. Yeah, well, we'll. <laughs> We'll record it in two weeks, and then immediately after you can listen to it. It'll <laughs> knock your socks off, I hope, he said He said cautiously. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap this up. Um, let's see. Get me, get me going here. Boom. Hey, everyone. Uh, I am, once again, Powerful Brandon. Uh, you've been listening to the Comics Paradox podcast. Tonight's episode was Batman in Darkest Night from DC's Elseworlds line. Uh, you know, if uh, you feel so inclined to check me out on uh, social media, you can follow me at Brandon Powers on Twitter and Instagram at this Brandon has powers. Check me out on Facebook at the Powers Combined Facebook group. Our number one rule there is don't be a jerk. If you violate that, you will be booted immediately. Uh, and if you want to find me uh, on Wednesday nights at the Midweek Geeks Show from the Dorkening Podcast Network, uh, that would be fantastic. And uh, I'm going to pass it off to these guys so they can tell you all about the fun stuff they do and uh, how you can find their their things wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. So uh, let's go to Mr. Justin. You can check me out on Facebook at the Epic Shells Facebook group. It's all Ninja Turtles all the time. Positive community. You can come in and uh, you can check it out, see what we have going on there. And um, you can check out the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast, which is Ninja Turtles. We uh, go through the comic stories and actually do a little voice work and, you know, kind of read them out so you can you can listen to those. Or the other thing we do is we inter- interview uh, turtle-adjacent people. So maybe uh, maybe a creator, maybe a an artist, uh, a writer or maybe somebody who makes really gross pizzas stuff like that so you can check it out epic tales from the sewers is found wherever you find your fine podcasts awesome uh and for me just google Pond. you find a bunch of stuff could be true could be not i'm not gonna say which is which but i run the dorking podcast network you know there's a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff so head on over to the dorkening.com also these two fine gentlemen we do the dork night uh, and also this show as well. And then, uh, as uh, Brandon said, Midweek Geek and uh, also Splash Pages as well. And, uh, yeah, there's other stuff that I do. Every you, Tuesday, right? Splash Pages. Uh, yeah, Splash Pages every Tuesday live. Uh, yeah. There yeah, we well, go. Yeah, check out all that stuff. Like Leo said, a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome things. And uh, we look forward to uh, hearing from you and seeing you. 
All right. We'll catch you later. <laughs> Bye.